you trust people until they give you a reason not to, you actually are you're going to get what you're looking for. You are listening to Running Remote, a podcast about building and scaling effective distributed teams. Join us as we dive inside the minds and processes of CEOs, managers, nomads, and dynamic entrepreneurs who are building impactful businesses and organizations through this new and innovative movement. They've thrown out the traditional rules and business textbooks and are actively finding new ways of organizing their teams, driving productivity, and scaling their growth. I'm your host, Stephanie Burns. Today's episode is brought to you by Running Remote, the world's largest remote work conference held in beautiful Bali, Indonesia. Check out the speaker lineup at runningremote.com and get 20% off your conference ticket for being a Running Remote podcast listener. Simply use coupon code IRUNREMOTELY and your 20% discount is automatically applied. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me again on the Running Remote podcast. Today, I have with me Zenny Bandy, the customer experience leader at Kettle and Fire. Hi, Zenny. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so glad that you are able to join me today. Before we get started talking about the remote workers that you have over there at Kettle and Fire, can you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, definitely. So I have been with Kettle and Fire for a little over two years. And this started actually as a remote position. So most of our company is remote. I was actually found on Upwork. You probably have heard of it. It's Mm -hmm. for finding contractors or people to help you with projects and ongoing work. And I had done a career change and I used to make maps. So GIS. So really very different. (sighs) And so I actually got sick and decided that it was a good idea for me to stop because I I really wasn't very inspired with what I was doing. And it didn't seem like it was worth going through the work of staying in, in that role and staying on that path. So I quit my job and spent a little bit of time trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And so I actually decided to start my own company, which did not work out (laughs) as most don't, but I also obviously needed to pay the bills. And so I found Upwork and worked for first an online entrepreneur. And then this position came up. It was just a customer support role for a brand new food product company and had a preference for having some kind of background in nutrition. I was working on starting a company to help people with chronic health conditions eat healthier. So even though I didn't have the background, I was spending a lot of time learning about it. So I thought it was a good fit. And honestly, customer support is relatively simple. So I started working with Justin, the CEO of Kettle and Fire, May 2016, and I was the second person hired. And so we were just like the four of us, the two founders, me and our head of marketing. And then our head of growth started a few months later. And so it was just the five of us working remotely. And it really, it was really a very unique experience. No one knew what the company was going to be. So we sell bone broth, which is considered to be like a traditional health food. It's kind of trendy right now, but it's been around for a very long time. And so it helps people with muscular skeletal issues, etc. So that was also really interesting about the company because it was started to like bring this healthy 
superfood back and make it convenient and easy. Mm-hmm. And that's really what Kettle and Fire's mission is and why uh, Nick and Justin started the company. They knew about bone broth. Nick got injured and was looking for some to help him recover. And um, they couldn't find anything that was mm-hmm. high quality and relatively inexpensive. Everything shipped frozen and or on ice. And so voila, <laughs> Kettle and Fire was born. That's really interesting. So you started out being remote with them yeah. and now your team is completely remote. Yes or no? So we have we do have four people now who are based in Austin, Texas. Okay. Um, it's a pretty small portion of our company. So they we do now have an office there. We did have one here in the Bay Area and it was three of us. But my my team is fully remote and most of the company is remote. So how many team members do you have? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> We've been growing so quickly and hiring a lot recently. So our, our team has fluctuated, but we have about eleven core team members. And then on my team, I have nine full-time customer support agents. And then I have six contractors who work varying from full-time to part-time on various projects with me. And then a lot of other people on the core team will have contractors. A few of them have other people who would be reporting to them. But yes, we're pretty diverse. (laughs) Yeah, that's really great. So what are some of the advantages that you've seen having remote workers? Yeah, so I think that it really allows people to increase productivity. You're working from home or a co-working space. where You get to work wherever you want. Uh, you get to make sure you're in the environment that you want to be in and you set your own hours and time. So you're really like optimizing performance here. You're giving that flexibility and sense of control and freedom that I think a lot of workplaces are lacking. So it really helps you have energy and, and bring your best self consistently. You know, that's so interesting that, you know, I've been doing a lot of these interviews and one of the things that have, that keeps coming up from almost everybody that I'm talking to is that the workers aren't slacking off, which is a common misconception that remote workers would do. And I'm sure that happens every once in a while, but the overall feeling that I'm getting from everyone that I'm talking to is that your team members, if they work from, you know, wherever they want, sometimes work too hard. Yes. Do you see that? Completely. I've had to convince people on my team to stop working and not, and not like charging us for it. (laughs) Because you're, especially if you're in your home and we have several people who have um, small children or babies. And um, so this really just fits into their lifestyle in a way that in some ways it it becomes like more of a passion than it would if you're going into an office because it, it feels like something that's giving your life, I guess, like more productive structure. And people really do crave that. And when you can, when you can shape it into what you need, I think it really just, it inspires people to, to give everything. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I thought that was so interesting and I'm, I'm glad to hear it, obviously, that you don't have to be afraid of remote work or remote team. I think there is a little bit of trepidation in taking your team remote if you needed to in that that could be an issue, but it doesn't seem that that's overall an issue for anyone, especially anybody who's doing this successfully. Right. It has to do with leadership style as well and, you know, treating people you're working with like humans, but, and also honestly hiring the right people. (laughs) 
I've been doing this for a while. So I have made some mistakes and hired some of the wrong people. But it, with a little bit of practice, it's very easy to figure out what the red flags are. And you can actually completely screen that out in your interview process. So, so. can you give us an example of some of a way that we can do that, that our listeners can? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I have mo- most of my experiences with hiring customer support representatives. So it's a little bit different than hiring other roles that we've been hiring to like director of sales. So they're, they're a little bit different with more of an entry level position. I find that actually spend the time to make it a longer interview process. Um, really build it out. Don't take shortcuts and actually add extra things on to the process that they wouldn't have to do to show commitment. So like an example of something that I've done when hiring customer support representatives, I actually have an application they have to fill out. They can't just send me their resume. And on the job post, I even put in a like a random sentence kind of in the middle of the job post saying like, tell me three things you've learned about our company and put it in this section on the application. Doing those kind of things and having an application that takes 15 to 20 minutes to fill out, I found really makes a big difference because when people don't answer things fully or correctly, they're just automatically eliminated. And they're in throughout the interview process, there are a few things like that, kind of like hurdles that they have to jump over and uh, make them do that work and make them show that they're committed and willing to take time. And that is ha- has been a very big indicator. But then things that we've been, been doing for, for like more leadership roles, we actually have people do projects for us. So not just a case study, but you'll actually could have like a two to three week project that you have to do. And that actually also really helps because you're getting to work with someone right away before you actually make an offer. And so you you already get a, a feeling for who they are and what they're like to work with. That's a great idea. Interesting. So what are some of the challenges that you have faced having a remote team? Yeah. So I think plenty of what you may expect. So actually people not doing the work that they say they're doing and also just miscommunication, lack of communication. And it's harder to build relationships with your coworkers as well, for sure. We do use Slack, which helps a lot. And we're constantly, constantly working on communication. Mm. We do performance reviews. We call them performance chat. They're less intense than what a lot of other companies do. And so we do them a lot more frequently. So it can be every three to five weeks that someone will have a performance chat. And one of the three categories that they're rated on is actually accountability. So that's something that we take very seriously and do a lot of coaching and training around as well. So when people, you know, when people are not holding up to like the high standard we have for communication, we tell them right away. But coming from a place of radical candor where we really make sure they know that we're working to help them succeed. And I find that just doing that really working with people and giving them a chance (laughs) makes a big difference with Mm -hmm. communication. And then just having these ongoing conversations about like how we can make people's um, work easier. Like how can we improve? We just had a company retreat and we had a two and a half hour conversation on how to improve communication. Um, But I mean that I think even when you're not remote communication is a big thing. So that's (laughs) true. (laughs) <laughs> right? So it's it's different, but not different in the same way. And I mean, no matter, I think every problem that you have when you're working remote, you you have some variation of that in an office place. So it really just comes down to your leadership's ability to problem solve and work with people to make things better and improve. Right. So how do you foster more culture among your remote teams? You said you have a company retreat. What other kinds of things do you do? 
Yeah. So we, we've been doing company retreats since there were just five of us and we try to do them. We've been about three times a year or so. And um, so that really helps. But then we also will have more casual Slack channels as well and really promoting people to use like gifts and um, talk about personal stuff as well. Like asking people how your day is or like how you're doing and like following up with them when they tell you something about one of my support agents was telling me about like starting this new workout routine or uh, going to this new gym. And so just like, you know, keeping a dialogue of, at a personal level about those kind of things. So just like setting that example that this is what we do. We talk to people about about like their life, not just work really, really has made a big difference. So what kinds of tools you mentioned Slack? What other kinds of tools do you guys utilize to keep your remote team productive and organized? Slack is obviously a huge one and email. I'm a I'm much I much prefer Slack actually. <laughs> <laughs> but uh we use Google uh, Google Apps a lot. There's the collaborative nature of the tools is amazing. So just having that comment feature on there, and so you're having conversations with people about um, working working on uh, the same project. Uh, we also use Asana. So for project management, so that really helps us with project based work and uh, good old fashioned calls. <laughs> 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 I don't I don't know if that's a tool, but um, it really, you know, like as a remote team, I think that's something that we actually struggle with is having enough calls. So we used to not have enough meetings. And so we had to work on that and actually add to the number of meetings that we have. And when we have these meetings, we're using a Google Doc as well to capture all the notes and action items. And I think that actually alone has made such a big difference um, when you're able to have this like running document of all your all your discussions. So that's been a big one as well. I love how you talked about using Slack for casual conversations too. That is definitely a common thing that I'm hearing across all of these different businesses um, in terms of keeping up culture in their remote team. So that seems to be across the board, one of the best ways that that's been done. So if you had one piece of advice that you could give anyone who is, you know, either starting up a remote team or transitioning to a fully remote team, what would it be? Trust people. It can be really scary, especially if you're transitioning to believe that people are doing what they say they're going to do. But I have found that if you trust people until they give you a reason not to, you actually are, you're going to get what you're looking for. And people know that when you trust them and when you don't trust them. And that I think is it makes like the biggest difference of how well a team is going to work together, feeling that mutual trust. So not micromanaging so much and letting everyone do their jobs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, we, we use a time tracker <laughs> for customer support agents. We don't use it for other roles. So people who are doing more project-based work, we're not using it. We trust people and we're expecting it. We're not expecting 100% productivity. Like you're not getting that in the office. You're, you're actually getting probably way less in the office than what you get when someone's alone <laughs> in their home. Yeah. So yeah, until someone gives us a reason, you know, like we, we don't distrust them and, and you can see over time, like how, how that really builds a culture and creates sort of a family. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Zenny, it was so great to chat with you today. I'm so happy to have met you and talk to you a little bit about your journey with remote work and kettle and fire. And I just appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you. 
Oh, yes. My pleasure. It's been great. I love talking about this stuff. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a really fascinating topic and definitely the way that work is moving towards. So it's really important for everyone to kind of throw their ideas on the table, what's working, what's not, and allowing everybody, especially our listeners, to learn from people who are doing it and doing it well. So I appreciate your time. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure completely. That's it for this episode of Running Remote. Thanks for joining us as we dive into the minds and processes of CEOs, managers, nomads, and dynamic entrepreneurs who are building impactful businesses and organizations through this new and innovative movement. We're a very small team behind this podcast, so if you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share this episode with a friend. And definitely check us out at runningremote.com. Until next time.